Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three iOS developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. I'm Sam Corder. I'm Alex Argo. And I'm Alex Robinson. This is episode 86. Well, guys, we're going to get this episode out before Black Friday comes around. And for our friends around the world, we'll just describe Black Friday a little bit. It's where everybody goes crazy shopping for Christmas presents, but there's definitely no Christmas spirit other than bye, bye, bye. It's it's one of our most shameful American holidays. <laughs> <laughs> when you see the people getting trampled in the Walmart entranceways, that's just sad. Yeah, so it is the buying gift season, I guess you could say. So we're going to talk about that this episode and uh, touch on some news here. So Apple's cleaning house. It's uh, not quite a spring cleaning. It's a little, little late for that, I guess. There's a fall cleaning. Do people do that? Sounds like something I should do. <laughs> yeah. But hey, 47,000 some apps removed from the App Store in October alone. Call that a good start. Cleaning up all those junk apps. They did They did give these people 30 days to, to fix them up and get them back on the App Store. And I guess these people just didn't care. Seems to me like you would care if you were spending your $99 every year to keep it on the store. Maybe not. Maybe they shifted focus a long time ago to other apps and just left these around. So that's good. Hopefully they weren't all fart apps and fireplace apps. Actually, I'd be, I'd be fine with that too if they were all gone. I, I think the majority of the ones that were removed according to Sensor Tower were in the games category. Like ones that just don't even work anymore? Yeah, it does seem like if they're going to just cut across the board, most of the apps out there are games anyway. I think so it, all of them that didn't make the port over to 64-bit at the, the first cut. It could be 64-bit or it could be screen size. They're still uh, on the three and a half inch screen, maybe. You know, I'm not not really sure what their criteria was. <laughs> yeah, I guess you wouldn't catch the or pass the app store requirements if you were on three and a half inch. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so there's, there's probably a few few things, but it's a pretty low bar still. It reminds me there was an app that was done at Give Camp a few years ago that still hasn't made the transition to the four inch screen, but still out there. I guess I haven't caught that one yet. There's 30 days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Last time it was released was 2012. So Argo, guess what we'll, what we'll be doing next fall. For, yeah, for we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. That's good news. I kind of want to see them say we have 200 million apps on the app store minus 47,000 that we gave the ax to in their next little uh, unveiling. No, I think they've moved on from using that as a metric that indicates something good at this point. But yeah, I don't know. They, they talk about it still, but yeah, it's definitely not a, a good metric. So we have an update on the, uh, the the Dash saga. Have you guys been paying attention to the latest? No, no, no I hit us. Well, nothing, nothing that extraordinary. Uh, obviously, he, the guy's just selling his uh, Mac app on uh, his website, and he just open sourced the. Uh, the iOS app. So you can download it and run it for yourself now. Uh, I guess he kind of ran out of options there. Um, so there's some interesting right. discussion about his source source code on, on Twitter. Uh, I was noticing, but it was, I mean, just like any app, you're going to have some, some wonky code here and there. Does it have links to all kinds of spyware libraries? And No, no, no. It was, there's like this uh, if else branch that was branching statement that was basically like all of the different, languages that he supported so people were kind of giving oh, him a hard time for that and then other people were like well hey at least he shipped 
the app and got lots of people to use it. So if there's some inefficient code in there or some super verbose code, then no big deal, which is kind of where I fall on it. Yeah, he probably should have just like had a set with all of his different languages and checked if it contained it or whatever. But it's probably one of those things that just grew organically over time. When it was like three yeah. things, it was easy. And then you just keep adding on to it. And oh, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't get the time to do refactoring. Was the iOS app a paid app or was it free? I believe it was paid. Yeah, I think so. But there's no way to. He has, he has people who've paid for it and now they can't even re download yeah. it, I think, because his account's completely been removed. So, so the open, right. open yes. sourcing is kind of the uh, way of getting people off his back who are complaining they can't re download it. Yeah. For, fortunately, I think the, most of his customers are developers. So yeah, the open source approach probably isn't that bad of an option. Yeah. And technically, you don't even need a paid membership to install an app on your device. So most people, if you have an iPhone, hopefully you have a Mac too and you can install it. Yeah. So definitely doesn't look like his whole Git history is there in this thing, unless he squashed it all into 17 commits. Uh, I suspect there was probably like analytics keys and things like that that he had to rip out that he wouldn't want in uh, the open source repo. Yeah, that would make sense. He definitely wouldn't want it. So he might have just taken a snapshot and removed the history. I wouldn't blame him for that. Yeah, that's what it looks yeah. like. Half of it's up updating the readme and stuff like that. So there are people out there, especially indie developers that work alone that don't even use source control. So you never know. Ugh, that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For everything I do, one of the first things I do is create a Git repo. No, not exactly the first, but pretty close. I like having the offsite backup of the source code. You know, yeah. I'm not even worried so much about that. It's just having the history and being able to go down a rabbit hole and get out of it really quickly. Yeah. I mean, that's handy, but you know, I also worry about, you know, laptop hard drive dying or having a laptop stolen and not being able to get my source, my source code. Well, eventually, if it's something good, it goes in some kind of cloud, or yeah. I have a NAS, I'll put it on there, too. Okay, multiple backup strategies. So, I mean, I don't rely solely on source control, but I like having the redundancy. Yeah, and there's Time Machine and everything else. Speaking of laptops and hard drives dying, I was reading this article today that the new MacBook Pros with the touch bar, the, the SSD is soldered right on the motherboard. It's not even like before where you could, it's just a little socket and a screw or two would take it out and you could replace the card. It's actually welded to the motherboard right now. Or I guess the logic board is what they call it these days. So do they have to swap out the whole, basically, insides of the computer except for like the RAM if they <laughs> need to, your SSD goes? That's solder too. Oh, that is too. Yeah. So yeah, I guess you just swap out the whole thing if something goes wrong. Yeah. We've had a few computers have their logic boards go bad. I don't know if we've had any bad hard drives in the last few years, but we've had two that the logic boards have died multiple times. I had one where the video died on it, the video chipset. Yeah, I had that on my 27-inch iMac, but Apple doesn't carry the part for that one anymore. Uh, so to repair it, I'd have to go to a third party, and it was going to be about a third of the cost of buying a new iMac. So Was it an out-of-warranty mm -hmm. iMac, I assume? Yeah, yeah, it was okay. uh, probably 2011. I mean, it still works great, mm -hmm. except for the fact that the display went bad. Okay, so you can't see anything, but it works great? Uh, well, it, it works fine up until a point, and then it gets too hot, and then the screen gets scrambled. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of weird. It wasn't something was that they had a uh, recall on. So it was going to be... Just open it up and slap some heat sinks on different chips everywhere. Uh, you can probably buy the part that you need online and potentially replace it. I ended up yeah. building my Hackintosh instead, so it's uh, well, yeah, that's a good choice. 
for a five-year-old machine that might not be worth the headache. Yeah, yeah, it was definitely on its last legs anyway. Yeah, so I did get my MacBook today. Uh, there was a little article about people receiving some of theirs this week, and mine was supposed to come on Thursday of this week, and it actually arrived two days early. I'm oh, happy to report that the yeah, and that the Touch ID is a power button as well. I was I was worried that there was was no power button. I had to to uh, shut it off completely and decided to hit the Touch ID. And it actually depresses. So I was a little surprised about that. Everything I know about turning Apple devices on and off is, seems like it's changed recently. On the new iPhone 7s, uh, you don't hold down the home button and the sleep-wake button anymore. It's it's home, or it's the sleep-wake button and the uh, volume down button now to uh, do a force restart. Oh, yeah, is, there's no button to actually press. Yeah, not a technical button, so it seems like that'd be a bad fail-safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm liking it. The the touch bar, I haven't really gotten a chance to use it too much because it just arrived this afternoon. And I had to restore my account and settings from a time machine backup, which took several hours. When I did play with it, it was pretty cool. You're going to get the Nine Cat um, app on it? <laughs> yeah. And I'll, I'll play that for you sometime. <laughs> but the keys are... Review forthcoming or, oh, you like the keys or you don't like keys? They're loud. They're very loud. I don't think I'm a very forceful typer, but they just kind of echo like you're like you're hitting drums. It may not be the most office friendly. I tried out the new MacBook keyboard, uh, which I think is fairly similar, uh, and, and that had a really weird feel to it. Like you know, they're much shorter and they don't depress as much as the the old keyboards. So I think that would take a lot to get used yeah. to, especially if you toggle back and forth yeah. between the external keyboard and the and the laptop. You know, I think. I said this a while ago, maybe on the show, but I said, you know, my laptop, current laptop looks fine, works fine. Other than it's a little, it's old. I like to pass mine down to my kids after three years. And so it's really just more about them getting a, a machine. You know, the, the hard drive on this one's a little small, but I thought, you know, the look was good. It's just still had a nice modern feel to it. And within about five minutes of using the new laptop and, and I go back to the other one, I'm like, this thing is really old and clunky. How could I ever put up with this thing? It is crazy. The uh, the bezel on the sides is a lot thinner. It's a lot less noticeable. And of course, the whole laptop is thinner, lighter. The trackpad being huge, I haven't really found any advantages to that yet. I haven't used it enough. Overall, just, yeah, I now feel like my laptop is old. My current one that I'm recording this on. And it didn't take long either. My laptop might be about the same age as your old one, uh, 2013. Yeah. yeah. Not having used the, the new one, I don't really have anything to compare it to and don't really notice any issue with it being slow. And I feel like it could last a, another year or two without any struggle, but I guess we'll see. Yeah, my laptop's a late 2013 as well. And I mean, I use my Macintosh most of the time, but yeah, I don't feel like there's there's much value in me getting a new laptop at this point. Yeah. Well, generally, I try to get a new one every three years and pass the old one on to the kids to they're still using mine, my old one from six years ago now. It's it's running well for them, and now they won't have to share. And I get the, the nice, fast, speedy goodness. Cool. I guess for me, that's uh, Christmas early, but we'll get to our Christmas stuff. Which one of you wants the new Apple book <laughs> for their Christmas present? I thought it was a joke when I saw the article. I... Yeah, it does kind of sound like a Onion article. <laughs> Someone in our chat pointed that out. 
I'm sure the the photographs are are amazing, and you know it'd be really neat to see the, all the history and kind of behind the curtain. But um, you know, when I saw the price tag, it was jaw dropping. You know, at one ninety nine for the one size book, and then the larger, slightly larger book is a hundred dollars more. That just seemed I'm surprised. <laughs> I didn't have a black one that was even more expensive. Jet black book. <laughs> yeah, that, the comments were pretty interesting. A lot of uh, good jokes about that waiting for different dongles and things like that. It, it definitely puts like the cost of some other things into perspective. Like, you know, some of these Bluetooth headphones, you know, seem pricey, but then you compare it to the book. Oh, they're the, the AirPods are actually a lot cheaper than the Apple book. Yeah. <laughs> $100 difference for how much of a size change? It's it's a few inches, maybe two, three inches. I don't I don't know. As far as I can tell, it's just a physically bigger book in terms of height and width not in terms of depth or content. So I'm not even sure why. Maybe there are. <laughs> Maybe it's a special paper that they use that's really expensive. I don't know. It's something that's hand-bound and personally signed by Johnny Ive. He'll come to the door and deliver it to you. I was like, you know, yeah. jokingly thinking Johnny Ive should make a, a video about how they, they made the, the book. And uh, it turns out they did. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, we didn't get Mac Pros this year, but... We got the book. I guess if they can charge, what was it, a thousand dollars for the the white Apple Watch? Was yeah, it a yeah, yeah. It's it's right around a thousand. There's a couple different price points, but it's it's in that neighborhood. The thing is basically made of the same material as a toilet, and they're charging a thousand dollars for it. Well, ceramic is actually, so. you know, ceramic is a fairly hard <laughs> substance, and you know, it's it's a very durable uh, material. Sure, it's. I think that was a, a successful troll, Sam. <laughs> Yeah. And somebody was comparing it to like ceramic plates. It's like, oh, it's probably not quite the same thing. It's, there are different types of ceramic. Yeah, there are. But I'm sure it's not the same material as a toilet, but definitely white and shiny. Toilets are generally white and shiny, too. Yeah, but compare that to the $10,000 gold watch. I'm holding back comment here. <laughs> <laughs> At least that's gold. Yeah, but like the actual amount of gold probably isn't. Never mind. It's nowhere. Yeah, yeah nowhere near. They were trying to price it based on exclusivity, I think, more so than the cost of the materials. Right. Which that kind of brings me to an issue I'm having these days with Apple, that they're, they're targeting more the luxury market than what they used to. And it seems like their prices are just going up across the board, whether that's because they're having trouble innovating new products to keep their profit margins up or what, what the deal is. I don't really know. But Is that really true? I don't I don't think they're necessarily targeting more luxury stuff. I mean, the book and the, the watches are kind of a weird one-off thing, but I mean, everything else seems like it's priced accordingly. If you like do a price comparison to, you know, older versions, like in adjust for inflation, I'm sure there's lots of other stuff that's way more expensive in Apple's history. Now, the, the prices on the lap, the new MacBooks much are much higher than last year's generation. Yeah, by Three to five hundred dollars, depending on the configuration. Yeah, the the watches, of course, they've got their high end watch bands that sell for a thousand dollars, or uh, even the low end watch bands are are pretty steep price tag. So the PowerBook G three series that launched in what was it ninety eight started at twenty two ninety nine uh, and was seven thousand dollars fully loaded, and that's in nineteen ninety eight dollars. Yeah, but back well, then. Your average machine was two thousand dollars as well. Well, how and much did the Lisa cost? Is in, <laughs> was that, that was like a, that was like ten thousand back then? 
Yeah, I don't think they're right. just newly targeting the high end. Apple's been known for like the, is the premium brand for a long time, yeah. or the expensive yeah. brand, depending on your perspective. <laughs> so, so I think feeling a little bit more premium than than not lately. And I, I think when it comes into the the watch and accessory categories, the they're skewed high. You know, a lightning cable from them costs you know twenty dollars, twenty dollars maybe, and you can probably buy a, a knockoff for less and. Sometimes those knockoffs are are worth it, and sometimes they're they're very risky because some of those third party accessories have been known to cause fires. Yeah, that's uh, so crappy knockoffs, but they're yeah they're super cheap, so it's not that big a deal. If they're MFI certified, generally you know they're not as cheap as the really cheap knockoffs, but they're safe and a decent price. I usually buy MFI cables instead of just generic cables, but I don't know if I would buy a charger off of Amazon because of the way they. The, all the articles I've seen about people tearing those things down and how the, the electronics components in them are, are very subpar, easily could cause a fire in your house. In that case, I would definitely pay the, the Apple tax, as you as they say. And when it comes to like a phone case or a watch band, you can probably get something pretty decent for a lot less without you know risk of death or fire. Now, I have, the, I have a knockoff uh, magnetic leather loop one. It was good for the first couple months but it's been coming unglued lately just a matter of time before it gets replaced well you can buy like 30 of those for the price of the real one though can't you <laughs> uh was it 150 for the real one i could buy five well speaking of buying stuff uh do we want to go through our uh, holiday wish list yeah let's do that sam why don't you uh tell us what you have on your wish list this year all right well the first thing's not really for me it's uh more for my wife she Converted over from Android to the new iPhone 7, and uh, she's a little disappointed that it doesn't have a headphone jack. Was that a condition of so. your marriage, or <laughs> it just happened to happen? <laughs> no, you know, I, I came with the phone. Okay. It was a package deal. <laughs> no, she had the Note 7, and she was just disgusted with Samsung and didn't really want to deal with any other Android manufacturers. So she made the jump, had to wait a month for the phone. She's been happy with it. She got the, the Jet Black 7 Plus, so those have been in short supply. Yep, she has good taste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's a little disappointed in some of the little scratches that it got already. Got her a case. It gives it character. Yeah, sure. And so what does she want, Sam? She wants some wireless headphones. I figured I would get her some of the new Beats ones with the, the new W1 chipset, just to, to make it convenient for her to to be able to switch around devices and, and whatnot, because she'll take it from her computer to her phone and in different places. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that W1 chip could, makes things work better, but we'll see. Yeah. So Argo, what's on your list? Um, I guess the first thing on my list is the uh, Dell UP2715K, which is actually the original 5K monitor that uh, they announced couple years ago from Dell it's the it's IPS um, and it takes two DisplayPort uh, cables to run at 5k but from what I can tell it seems like it does work well with a Hackintosh from from my uh, research so and it also looks a lot better I think than the the ugly fancy new uh, 5k monitor from LG so <laughs> I assume with that you, you are leaning towards that one over the LG because it's using the dual display port instead of the USB-C. Well, yeah, there's other than the looks. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be able to use the uh, USB-C slash Thunderbolt uh, cable. Um, I, I do have a computer that has that, but it's on the motherboard. They don't make gra graphics cards that have that 
port on there, so I don't know how that would ever work uh, without like a different graphics card that had a USB 3 slash Thunderbolt port on the actual graphics card, Hackintosh-wise. Maybe it'll have to be a, a company Christmas gift uh, to me from my company. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that looks, looks like a cool thing. It's, I mean, it's gone down in price a bunch, too. Originally, it used to be like, you know, like, what, $3,500 or something crazy like that, and it's a lot cheaper now, so... I have a 4K 27-inch that I enjoy. Yeah, I have, a, I, have a, I have a 4K one right now, but it's it was a super cheap 4K monitor, and it is not an IPS display, so the color is a really garbage. Alex, you're up. So one of the things on my list is an iPad Pro keyboard case, one of those things that I'd like to have, but I probably wouldn't buy myself. It's a bit of a frivolous purchase, and it's, you know, 100, I think it's $159 for a keyboard. Seems a bit yeah. overpriced, but wouldn't mind having Maybe one. Maybe there's a touch bar. Ooh. Well, do you really need a touch bar when the whole screen is a touch screen? I kid. <laughs> Just say yes. Of course you do. That'd be, that'd be an interesting thing, too, because you'd have your keyboard that had an iOS device in it as a touch ID and everything, then hooked into another iOS device. You're hurting my brain, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the, the dongle inception I had to do today with the, the new MacBook, my new MacBook Pro. So I have a Thunderbolt Ethernet adapter, but it's Thunderbolt 2. And then I had to plug that into the Thunderbolt 2 to Thunderbolt 3 adapter. Then I could plug it into my laptop. It just having two layers of dongles just seemed outrageous. I, I guess that'll... I don't, I don't plug into Ethernet very often. It was just to do this time machine restore because I figured that would be faster being in a wired connection. It Makes just, sense. It was it was awkward. Didn't like it much. But when I actually plug it into my monitor, which has a mini display port, I'll have to have the, the dongle inception again. Or couldn't you just buy a new dongle? Yeah, I have the one that's a display port slash Thunderbolt 2 to Thunderbolt 3. My cable coming out of my monitor is the display port. I don't know if that one works. Really? I, I think the Thunderbolt 3 to Thunderbolt 2 dongle only supports monitors that support Thunderbolt not DisplayPort. Does that make any sense at all? There is some article I saw about this. You can try it and see what happens. I'm going to be pissed <laughs> if it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, we're in a weird state right now, but the dongles are on sale, so get your dongles while you can. Dongles well, yeah. for everyone. They're only on sale to the, through the end of the year. Is that correct? I don't know. I ordered some with the, the laptop, and then they came back with an email and said they're giving me a price reduction. And we ordered a couple laptops for the office and uh, a few of the adapters. I think uh might just order some more, just knowing that we'll need some in the future. Yeah. I got the USB-C, the Lightning as well. Not sure how much how much more money I want to invest in the Lightning. I just have this strong feeling that with the new iPhone next year, they might, be, they might go bold and make it USB-C. Yeah, which would make it a little bit more universal because there are a lot of Android phones that are that I've started switching over to USB-C. And I can see headphone manufacturers really liking that because then they can make a product that works on more than just the iPhone. But it would be frustrating for all the adapters and, and uh, cable investment that we've all made. You know, I've got, I still have a drawer full of 30 pin uh, cables and adapters. Mm -hmm. So Most of mine went bad. They, mm -hmm. they never seemed to hold up very long. And they, they got, uh, they got dust and, and such in them fairly easily. And yeah. I, I actually really like the lightning connector. You know, it's nice, reversible, flat. It doesn't have uh, anywhere for dust to collect in to clog it up. Uh, so USB-C well, is less desirable cable. to me for the phone. But yeah, yeah, on the other end, obviously. But 
Right. So, but with USB-C, you kind of have to worry about dust on um and inlet on both sides of the equation. So, I don't know. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll see. I, I think eventually we'll see Apple switch over the USB-C or something else, but hopefully that won't be for a couple more years. Well, the thing that's on my list, since I have to buy all these dongles, I'd rather just buy a nice little Thunderbolt 3 dock. But there's none that are really viable right now for the MacBook. Could just buy the 5K display. That's pretty nice uh, Thunderbolt 3 dock. Does it, it does have a dock? Well, I assume it's like the the current Thunderbolt display that has the the various connections in the back. I'll say these docks are rather pricey because they're in the mid 200s. Yeah, I think I saw one for 300. It looked nice, but that's a lot to spend for just a dock or. Yeah, but they do charge your laptop if if you get the ones that output enough watts. That's another thing you have to be careful. You can't just maybe skimp and get a USB-C dock because a lot of those only will output 60 watts, which is fine for the 13-inch MacBook Pro. It might be okay with the 13-inch because the 13-inch actually requires a little bit more than 60, but the 15 requires 80 watts. So it probably won't charge and allow you to run your laptop at the same time if you get a USB-C one. But most of the ones that have been announced aren't shipping till Q1 2017. So it'll be a, a late Christmas present. Okay, so quick update on the LG display. It has additional ports on it, but they're all USB-C. So there's three additional USB-C ports, so it doesn't work for your legacy devices. Well, most of these docks, they have all kinds of ports on them. They'll have Ethernet jacks, they'll have optical audio port, or not, not optical, but They'll do. They'll have the RCA audio port that will do digital audio, which apparently the new MacBook Pro doesn't do. It's not really an issue for me. I don't do a, a lot of heavy audio editing except for the podcast. Yeah, it seems weird. If you want to, if you want hardwired internet, you're you're stuck uh, having two cables that you plug in. Double dongle. Yeah. Double dongle uh, well. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's weird. It's a little awkward that way. Uh, what's next on the list? You can go. All right. Um, since we've been talking about headphones, uh, one thing on my list is the Apple AirPods, which were supposed to ship back in October, but slipped. Uh, some rumors say that it's going to ship in January. Others say they're still going to make it in time for, for the end of December. And by talking about it on this podcast, we've probably guaranteed that they will be Announced uh, shipping by the time that our podcast comes out this week. So yeah. <laughs> good job. <laughs> That's, that's worked in the past. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to work this time. I think it will. <laughs> and well, it only works when it's not to our advantage. Uh, you know, when you compare it to the price of the book, you know, it doesn't have as much of a sticker shock anymore. So um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I definitely would like to try them out. I don't know if they're going to be up, up to the my expectations, especially since, you know, there were reasons they had to delay it. And most of those uh, truly wireless uh Earphones have some severe technical limitations. It may just be too early for the technology, but but I definitely want to try them out. Well, Bluetooth doesn't really like transferring through skulls. Yeah, Bluetooth in general is a is a pretty crappy technology, <laughs> or I should say, a pretty unreliable technology. Man, we sure won a lot of Bluetooth headphones for it being such a crappy technology. <laughs> it is. I mean, we put up with it. The audio quality is is inferior to wired, and you tend to have connection issues and interference, like. We've had times in the office where there's too many Bluetooth devices and every now and then like somebody's computer starts getting jittery because the, yeah. the mice are, are being interfered with. You know, it, it is what it is. I don't know if we'll ever see anything better. I'm sure we will, but 
I don't know. I don't really have really high expectations in terms of audio quality, but I think reliability and battery life is going to be the, the bigger issue. So we'll see. Hopefully they do ship them before the holiday. It'd be a huge miss for them if, if they can't do that. We'll see. So Argo, what about you? What's, uh, what's next on your list? All right. Since uh, we said we were going to do general kind of tech Xmas wish things, wish list items, uh, I'm going to throw out the, by a company, I guess it's called eight. It's a, uh, it's a smart mattress cover. Uh, this is the part where you guys are like, why would you ever need a smart mattress cover, right? <laughs> does, it, does it wake you up if you're wetting the bed or what? It does lots of cool stuff. It, it does sleep tracking, which is nice. So I wouldn't have to use Sleep Plus Plus anymore for that. Um, and it does, it, it'll do sleep tracking for separate sides of the bed. Um, it also uh, has a, a heater so it can heat up. You can heat up the different side of, of the bed to different temperatures if, if you prefer a different temperature than your partner. So that's kind of cool. Um, and you can even use it as a if this then that trigger. So like <laughs> you go to bed, uh, shuts off all the lights in your house and locks all the doors or something like that. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It, it seems like it's something that that's kind of cool that I, I don't think I would ever buy for myself, but it seems like a fun fun thing to tinker with. Don't ask me how to watch it. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm, I'm sure that they've covered that somehow. So let's see. Retail price of... That's definitely not a cheap one. Yeah, it's a lot for a mattress cover. It's like three or four hundred bucks, I think, which is kind of a typical price for it if you put smart in front of anything, but <laughs> yeah. Well, at least it's not the, the eye something. At least that trend's gone. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little gun shy with some of these tech startups after trying a few products. Are you afraid my mattress cover is going to denial of service against uh, <laughs> the DNS? GitHub. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It looks interesting. The fact that it's got a heater in it is kind of interesting. All right. Uh, yeah. So what about you, Alex? Do you have anything else on your wish list? You know, one other thing that I'd like to have that I have a hard time spending my money on is an app called PAW, which is an API client tool uh, for uh, working with APIs, most commonly REST APIs. And it, it's kind of a, a much more high-end tool than some of the REST clients that are out there. Got a lot of really nice features, supports extensions, and uh, you plug into a lot of different things. It's can uh, You can hook it up to generate documentation and all sorts of things. So it, it, it's something that I'd like to get uh, that I just haven't been able to pull the trigger on and, and buy yet. Yeah, I've got an app that I use for just kind of doing REST calls, testing that, you know, you can always just like uh, copy and paste uh, a curl command, but it's it's a lot nicer to be able to save off requests and like just go in and tweak parameters rather than having to go and look up, okay, what's the command line switch I need to use? It, it'll save a bunch of time. So that looks like a cool app. I remember it from a long time ago, and it looks like it's gotten a lot more advanced than it used to be. Yeah, yeah I haven't used it in quite a while. I want to say it was in some kind of Mac software bundle when I bought it, but that it's been forever. So I think that's about all the time we have uh, left. Uh, so why don't you guys tell us where we can find you on the internet? It's really all the, all the money we have left. I, all right. Bad joke. Go ahead. <laughs> you can find me at AJ Robinson on Twitter. And I'm at Sam quarter on Twitter. I'm at Alex Argo and you can find the podcast at shared inst. Uh, join us in our, uh, Slack, uh, just to join it, go to <laughs> chat.sharedinstance.com and we'll see you guys next time. Awesome. Happy Black Friday, I guess. Well, happy Thanksgiving when it comes. There we go. <laughs> yeah.
Remember that, not the shopping. All right, see you guys. Later.